And welcome back to the second half of today's Richard Rance show. Glad to have you here. And I was talking at the end of the first half about how the U.S. does not obey the international rule of law and does not follow the Geneva Conventions and has refused to be a part of the International Criminal Court because the United States does not view itself as being beholden to following the international rule of law. That is unfortunate. So as we begin part two, I was mentioning some of the violations of the Geneva Convention, which are actually practiced here against our own populace because we have a wannabe dictator in chief who is an authoritarian who admires strongmen throughout the world and has sent unidentified federal agents wearing military gear into our own city to grab people off the streets without any due process the way they do in what we used to call banana republics, the way they do in authoritarian military regimes, dictatorships, where people are disappeared off the streets. And this is happening in our own city. And well, breaking news, breaking news, even today, the criminal wannabe dictator in chief said that he'll be sending even more of these anti-democratic, overly oppressive troops, secret agents, secret service, secret police. Yeah, we got a secret police now, like in East Germany, like the Stasi in East Germany, like the Gestapo, like the KGB. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> these are all regimes that the criminal wannabe dictator in chief admires, yeah. Admires him. That's why he wants to send him. So yeah, going to sending to Chicago. Well, I think this is going to backfire because we're a freedom-loving people here in the United States, and yeah, we don't stand for that type of thing. We don't accept that type of thing. We we don't accept secret police. That's not a winning strategy. But then again, the occupant of the White House is not following winning strategies. It wasn't a winning strategy to let COVID-19 run rampant throughout the U.S. as we approach 150,000 deaths. And not to have leadership, as you can go throughout the world and point out many nations, in fact, almost every nation has better leadership. And that reflected in how the pandemic was treated there. 
As I mentioned before, there are well-established best practices on how best to fight a pandemic, to fight an epidemic. At first, there's testing and contact tracing. And then if that doesn't work, if that, but it, it's basically worked. And the nations that jumped on that right away and had sufficient testing and contact tracing, it worked to name a few, Japan, Iceland, South Korea, China, China where it started, New Zealand. Yeah, they're all able to open up again because they followed the best practices, but and they had the leadership to do it. And they had the leadership to follow the best established medical advice, which is sound and has been proven sound over and over again, and was proven sound once more because they were able to get this epidemic, this pandemic under control. But here in the U.S., we did not have that leadership. And now the U.S. has over a quarter of the cases of COVID-19 in the world. And that with only about 4% of the world population. Sad. Very sad. Unfortunate. Very unfortunate. So let's go to what else is in the news. Oh, uh, yeah, I mentioned how we got to vote for Trump's only viable opposition, which is the Democratic candidate. And please, let's vote for the Democratic candidates for Congress as well and keep the Democratic majority in the House of Representatives and flip the other house, the Senate, to a Democratic majority so that we can then have progressives. And then we have a party that is willing to listen to reason, that has moved significantly toward the progressive side, in power, and we will be able to work on establishing the progressive goals and move towards them that will be impossible if the Republicans are in charge because they will come down, as you can see happening in Portland, as you can see about to happen in Chicago, with a boot and the secret police and the Gestapo clamping down, force the militarized police, no chance of getting defund the police passed under a Republican regime, no chance at all, no chance of Medicare for all and expanding health care under a Republican regime, no chance, no chance of reducing the militarization of the police or reducing the military budget or stopping foreign wars under a Republican regime, no chance. Got to elect the Democrats. So let's do that. Please let's do that. I'll be there. I'll be there. And when I hear local or anybody talk about how, yeah, they're not going to vote. It's a sad commentary because 
That means you're not going to put in every effort to keep the Republicans, who are the party of authoritarianism, of clamping down on progressive reforms, on refusing to face the massive inequality and injustices in this country and just putting more and more money in the pockets of the rich. Yeah, we can have our criticisms of the Democratic Party. Yeah, we can. And we can work on them. But we can't work on the Republicans. They won't listen. The Democrats will listen. We've got to get the Democrats into office. And we had this local opponent to Nancy Pelosi. Yes, again, there are valid criticisms of Nancy Pelosi. Yes, like the Democratic Party beholden to corporations and wealthy individuals, yes. But if you look at the policies, you can see that Pelosi, by national standards, is progressive. Now, by San Francisco standards, and that's her home constituency, not as progressive. That's true. But when you are the powerful speaker of the House of Representatives, well, at that point, you know, your constituency is a little bit wider than the city that you came from. So let's be glad that our representative, because I'm from San Francisco, our representative in Congress happens to be the most powerful congressperson. So although she might not be as progressive as we want her to be, she is progressive. And although she doesn't only represent our our position anymore because she's the leader. She's the leader. Now she represents the interests of the entire House of Representatives majority. That's a wider constituency, and I'm with her on that. And she will listen, and she also, there's nobody in the House of Representatives better qualified to lead the Democratic majority in their opposition to the Republicans than Nancy Pelosi. So criticisms justified. I'm glad she's there. And we got a lo we have a local uh, candidate who was running against her for her Senate seat. And you know, we gotta be careful about who we put into that seat. His name is Shahid Botar, and it looks like his campaign is going to end now um, because of a very credible and damning allegation of sexual harassment, unfeeling sexual harassment that just came out against him. But even before that came out, he sure lost my support because although he's taken positions and his history isn't necessarily that he was always fighting for those positions, but he took positions that perhaps better reflect the progressive left-leaning politics of San Francisco, the majority of San Franciscans. He did not, and I, I heard an interview on The Intercept, excellent podcast, if you all want to check it out. Jeremy Scahill. And on that interview, 
He said he wasn't going to vote. Wasn't going to vote. He gave that excuse that we hear often. Well, I'm in a safe state, California. It's going to go Democrat anyway. So, you know, I don't have to vote. Well, A, although the popular vote does not wend its way exactly through that relatively undemocratic process that we have, it is there. And I'm always glad. And it's always a thorn in the current chief executive side that, hey, guess what? You know you lost the popular vote by 3 million um, votes. So, you know. Your mandate is not exactly a mandate. So the popular vote makes a difference. But also, it is so important to get dump out of the White House, as I already discussed earlier. It's so important to do that, that a vote, please vote for his opponent, and please vote for the Democratic nominees for the House, and vote for your progressive local candidates and for the Senate. But also, you know, you can go on Pod Save America and adopt a swing state so that even though we may be here in California, a safe state, we can also call voters in these swing states and help to convince progressive voters to get to the polls. PodSaveAmerica.com. Select a state. There are other ways to do it, too, where you can get on and help to campaign in swing states just sitting here on your phone or even texting. We can help to bring voters to the polls in swing states. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, in Portland, as the, as the federal troops come down, without the permission of the local authorities, by the way, the mayor of Portland, the governor of of, of the state, the senator from that state of Oregon have all weighed in to tell the federal government to get their goons the hell out of our city? Yeah. You know, those right-wing neo-Confederates love to talk about states' rights when they want to take the vote away from people of color and minorities and poor people. But when it comes to repressing peaceful protests for justice, all of a sudden the states don't have rights. Yeah, it's very selective. It's very selective. So, hey, the elected representatives of those people are telling those abusive federal troops to get the hell out of their city, but they're not listening. The feds are not listening. Yeah, so more of us need to get into the streets.
to fight this. And I hope that more of us will. And this type of oppression, this type of repressive action by the federal government, I believe, is only likely to lead to more positive reaction and uprisings from justice-loving Americans all over. So I don't want to say bring it on because I don't want our people to suffer. But since he's bringing it on, since the feds are bringing it on, we're going to have an answer. And that answer is going to be thousands. Let's bring 100,000. Let's bring a million people out onto the streets. Let's make it the way it happened when the wall came down in Berlin, where a million plus people were out on the streets clamoring. Yeah, you know, the chief executive can call out his his feds, his goon squads to tear gas his own people, not his people, our own American people getting tear gassed while we truly bring about our First Amendment rights. And the right wing, again, likes to misuse all of these rights. They want to use First Amendment rights as a way to spread lies and incite violence. There are limits to free speech. The limits are when you hurt somebody else. That's the limit. That's why libel is not allowed, and that's why incitement of violence is not allowed. And as you know, crying fire in a crowded movie theater when there's no fire is not allowed. These are not freedom of speech. So freedom of speech does have its limits, as Twitter has acknowledged when they ended QAnon sense. That's the new term I coined for those QAnon puppets. They're the sheep, not us, as my Facebook friend pointed out in the post that I read out loud earlier. They're the sheep, not us. They're the sheep following that orange dictator, liar, criminal in the White House, not the ones who follow truth and fact and fact check our sources and peer review our science. Well, those Q and nonsense posts have been taken off of Twitter. So thanks, Twitter, belatedly as it may be, but thanks for doing that. So there's that. And also in the news, you know, next time you all can tune in and you will have more of the um, perhaps some other callers call in. But this episode, it has all been me. But it turns out I got a couple of things to say. How about a little local news? You know, it has been rather foolish that more reopening steps have been taken in the midst of the pandemic's height of spread when the most new infections per day are being reported throughout the country, things are reopening. Disneyland of all things, Disneyland, really? Disneyland reopening in Florida while coronavirus cases spike and, and the non-leadership 
coming down and saying, let's send our kids to school while we have incredible community spread going on. Oh, that's a hell of an idea. Let's send the kids to school while coronavirus is running rampant. You see, in areas that they have, in fact, been able to send the kids to school, and by areas I mean other countries, because there basically are not many areas in this country that have the virus under control. I happen to be in San Francisco, which is one of the few places where we take the measures seriously to control the virus. And I'm, I'm getting used to wearing a mask. Um, it's cool in this area. So that's a little face warmer <laughs> for me. And I got a cloth mask, which is pretty comfortable. It's no big deal. And yet, I wear my mask to protect you, and you wear your mask to protect me. That's how it works. And here in San Francisco, we have compassion. Imagine that we have compassion. It's not all about me at anybody else's expense, the way I see in other areas of this country. And, you know, it's debatable whether mask shaming is really effective because maybe it just causes more of a backlash, but the backlash happens from other people who don't give a damn about other people. So are we worried about their backlash? They're already lashing. But shaming isn't necessarily the way to go, but some people don't re listen to reason. Maybe the ones that listen to reason are just reminded of the importance of wearing a mask when they see such things and don't want to contribute to such buffoonery. And when the right wing, and that included the Oval Office occupant, were saying that a mask was some kind of political statement so that if you wore a mask, that kind of, you know, if you wear a mask, it just shows that you care about other people. It's not any more of a political statement than that. And if, Paul, we know that the Republicans don't care about other people. Tell me something I don't already know. But, and the Democrats, many do. Many do care about others. And the Democratic platform moves ever more to the left as Bernie Sanders stands side by side with Joe Biden as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other progressive politicians stand with Joe Biden to get this idiocracy, this authoritarian idiocracy out of the White House. They care, they care. So wearing a mask is caring, wearing is caring. As I just coined another phrase, as far as masks go, wearing is caring. Wearing is caring. I'm going to say mask wearing is caring. I just posted that. Well, we are winding down on today's show and podcast. We've got another six minutes to go. And I was talking about a little local story and I got sidetracked a little bit into how San Francisco is one of the few localities that has actually managed to tamp down the curve of infection because San Franciscans are, are they smarter? 
than other areas of the country? Maybe. <laughs> now, New York has gotten on board too, and they came about it the hard way, the really hard way, because New York was hit the hardest, the soonest in this country. So New Yorkers had to see people die and be infected all around them. Even in San Francisco, I hear ambulances all the time, constantly. Not constantly. I haven't heard one during this show, but more often than we used to. But New York, it was 24-24. And I listened to Michael Moore's podcast, Rumble with Michael Moore, another excellent podcast, highly recommended. And he's broadcasting that from his apartment where he has been holed up in isolation for over four months now because he has some previous medical conditions, had pneumonia, and as a result, just really can't take any risks whatsoever with getting the COVID. And we don't need Michael Moore to die. We don't want Michael Moore to die. So Michael, thank you for keeping yourself safe. And thank you for all of my friends and family who are keeping themselves safe. And thank you for those who go out and wear a mask to help keep others safe, wash hands, all of those things that were done successfully in the countries that have been able to open, that now have functioning economies again, because they care about their populace. Let's get a regime in place here in the United States that actually cares about its populace. And as I said, the way to do that is to vote for the Democrats and to campaign for the Democrats, get on Pod Save America, adopt a swing state, help us out, call people in the swing states, get them out to the polls to help win. And we're going to need a landslide because you can be sure that the Republicans will cheat and they will try to suppress the vote. And it's going to have to be a landslide. Let's do it. It's coming up really soon, really soon. Hey, I wanted to say we got a local beer garden called Zeitgeist that has been open for a long, long time, and they are open in a socially distanced way to serve food outdoors. They have a lovely little beer garden, and they are open in conjunction and collaboration with a couple of other local businesses. And I just read about that in, on Hoodline, thanks to a post from a friend of mine, and it's called Zeit Cafe. Every Thursday, go out there. They'll serve a Mission Subi sandwich, which is a Spam Musabi-inspired combo of pork, scrambled eggs, seaweed, and jalapeno aioli on sourdough bread. Sounds delicious. Four Barrel Coffee is collaborating, and they're going to roll up a coffee uh, barrel, and people will be socially distanced and wearing masks, and they put up dividers between the tables. You know, we're responsible like that in, in San Francisco. So that's nice. Not like opening up freaking Disneyland in the middle of uh, one of the main hubs of the coronavirus epidemic. That's crazy. That's plain crazy, man. That is. And so Japan was able to open up their economy because they took the right steps, according to peer-reviewed science, and tried and true best practices on how to fight an epidemic. In Africa, Rwanda has done incredibly. There are articles about that that you can read. Well, they're 
you know, they have a bit of a heavy handed autocracy there. We don't want to do that, but we go too far the other way here where people are so concerned about their individual freedom that they don't care about the communal good. It's all me first, me first, and screw everybody else here in the U.S. of A something. America KKK, uh, as it is called often. And yes, the tired, the poor, as those suffering, as the Statue of Liberty welcomed the many thousands of people who came to the United States. Yes, we have welcomed many of them, and they've become us. And that is beautiful. The diversity in this country is incredibly beautiful. And we need to protect that, and we need to continue that, because that is the nature of our country. And yes, it is founded on a base where it happened of genocide and slavery. Not pretty at all. Truth and reconciliation and measures are necessary for that. But one of the measures is to bring justice to this country. Rant and resist. Peace and love. See you next Wednesday at 5.